0: Hi everyone, welcome to 10-Minute Workday Zen, the podcast about trying to bring a little calm into the chaos of our day-to-day. Every episode, we read through a Zen cone or other teaching and talk about how the lessons we learn can be applied to our lives. I'm your host, Chris Aiken. Today we're going to be talking about appreciating the things in life that you can't put a price on. If you like the show today, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today's cone is titled, The Most Valuable Thing in the World. Sozan, a Chinese Zen master, was asked by a student, what is the most valuable thing in the world? The master replied, the head of a dead cat. Why is the head of a dead cat the most valuable thing in the world? inquired the student. Suzanne replied, because no one can name its price. First and foremost, no cats were beheaded or harmed anyway in the making of this podcast. Just wanted you to know. Now, I think the student in our cone today asks a really great question that we all contemplate from time to time. In the capitalist society we live in, putting value on things, places, events, and even people is a very common occurrence. We're always told to find the value of our time before we commit to something, or to find the value of a relationship with friends or work associates. We're told that certain homes are more valuable than others, or that certain objects will make us happy because they're inherently worth more than other objects. As it turns out, measuring true value by monetary reimbursement in an economic system is a really really silly way of figuring out what's more valuable than something else for instance i don't play music very well i've tried my hand at the piano the trumpet the drums even singing i am terrible at all of these things i have no musical talent whatsoever and even after a lot of practice i'm still terrible a huge part of this is the fact that i just don't have the passion for making music i enjoy listening to it to me A handcrafted musical instrument is a nifty display of skill, but I would never pay serious money for one. To someone who's devoted their lives to playing that instrument though, a masterful version that they can use to bring music to life is probably nearly priceless. So what creates the value here? It's not the materials or even the time that the craftsmen spent learning and honing their craft and creating the object. And this is in no way an insult to craftspeople who do this either, but it's a point we have to make. The worth of an object is directly proportionate to the value system and desires of the onlooker. It's the same idea as, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, except we could say it as, value is in the mind of the purchaser. No object has any true value unless we say it does. This same concept can be applied to everything, can be applied to places, people, events. The only things that are valuable are the things that we place value on. I think Sozan makes this point excellently with his example. What is the economic value of the head of a dead cat? Basically it's nothing. It has no true economic value. So we have to ask ourselves what does have inherent value? In my opinion the most valuable thing you can find is experience and a life lived fully. Every single person will live differently than every other person. and Every person will have a 100% unique outlook on life itself. This unique outlook is the only thing of any real value because nothing else is a part of you in the same way. But wait! I hear you cry. I thought all things were meaningless and there is no self, and everything in this interconnected weave of existence is blah 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 blah. That means my experience doesn't matter and has no value. Right? No. Selflessness, interconnectivity, universal illusion, experiential value all coexist comfortably together in the Zen teachings when you start to look at the big picture a little bit more. Selflessness is the recognition that the self is an illusion. The idea that the universe as we perceive it only exists in our mind means that the universe is an illusion. So we're left with an illusory self living in an illusory universe creating actual experiences between them. And we're all experiencing the illusion of existence on the same plane at the same time, creating this delicate web of experience that resonates throughout the entirety of what we know as creation. It's kind of like if you multiply two negative numbers together to get a positive number. Negative self times negative universe equals positive net experience. Since the experience of life is the most valuable thing in the universe as far as we know, let's talk about how we can spend more time appreciating it. First, practice gratitude. I don't just mean saying please and thank you, though that's important to everyday life, but rather looking at your life from a place of being grateful for what you have. This is a direct antithesis to being envious of what someone else has or of always being unhappy with where you are because you're blind about where you could be. Little things can help remind you of your fortunes. Try writing a thank you card to someone for a good deed or kindness that they showed you and bonus points if you never properly thanked them before now. Another good idea would be to write down every day three things you're thankful for in life. Studies show us that even a week of doing this can make you happier one month, three months, and even six months after you stop writing things down. Second, practice giving to others rather than only giving to yourself. A study at the University of British Columbia found that when given money and told to either spend it on themselves or someone else, the altruistic group reported being happier in general after spending the money on another person. You can give to a charity, to friends, to family, it doesn't really matter from the point of view of your happiness. But I want you to take some time to think of someone for whom you could do a kindness, and then I want you to do it. Third, I want you to make a bucket list of the things you want to do or experience before you die. As far as we know, we get exactly one shot at having a great life. Don't waste the opportunity to live it fully by procrastinating with silly stuff that just serves to eat time. And don't waste it on negative emotions that only serve to depress you. Make your bucket list as long as you want, and don't hold back. Maybe you want to visit all seven continents, throw out the first pitch at a professional baseball game, and go on a date with a supermodel. Okay, cool. Write it down. What else do you want to do? Make a list of free stuff and stuff that costs money so that when even when cash is tight, you can still ex- experience something new. Don't give yourself more excuses for why something won't happen. Then lastly, don't expect too much out of others or yourself yourself. Or the world. Sometimes people go into a relationship, a vacation, a job, or whatever, with all these high-minded expectations about how things will go. Inevitably, this ends in disappointment. The person you expect to be the perfect lover isn't always on their game. The most wonderful beach vacation you've ever planned is spoiled, quote-unquote, by rain. Your dream job actually feels like work some days. It's not a problem to have high goals, to have grand plans, and a deep well of hope and expectation for how good life could be, but you need to temper these things with realistic expectations of people and situation, as well as a healthy dose of compassion and understanding when things just don't go the way you thought they would. Your homework today is the culmination of these four lessons. I want you to practice these methods of appreciating life and get started on your bucket list. I want you to have, let's say 10 things on your list by tomorrow. I want you to have 20 things on your bucket list by two days from now, and I want you to have 50 things on your bucket list a week from now. Don't sit there and tell me, well that's too many things, I can't think of that many. Once you start doing this, you will find plenty of things that sound really cool that you really want to do. You can do it. You're just making excuses why you haven't yet. Thanks for joining me today on 10 Minute Workdays in. I hope I've given you some food for thought and brought a little calmness to a hectic day. If you have any feedback or suggestions of which cone you'd like us to cover or other lessons you'd like us to talk about, leave a review or send an email to aiken.entertainment at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Aiken Entertainment. Music is from www.bensound.com. All rights are reserved.